I hope you do a big retreat like this, and the Holy Spirit's about to like really touch our hearts. Usually, usually if there's going to be a lot of fruit that's born. Usually, from what I've seen, is there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of obstacles. So this morning, I think the coffee machine exploded and just scramble around and run over to the other uh, the other facility to try to get coffee going. We got the name tag thing going on. We get anxious and nervous, like, oh man, all these people signed up for our day. Oh man, these millennials, they signed up and they came out. Okay, I'm going to make a millennial video, so I'm not sure. Um, so, I would say that's a good thing. That's a good thing because the devil is trying to get in the way. And usually that means there's going to be a lot of fruit that's born uh, in these retreats and these ministries. I see this all the time and I get. I get impatient, and I freak out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? But then I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing good stuff for the Lord, and so the devil wants to get involved too. So, I mean, how about the name of this retreat? Choose joy. Choose joy. Do not let the devil steal our joy. Let's not let the devil steal our peace. Okay, Rachel? <laughs> we're going to be great. This is going to be an awesome day. Um, there's... I'm so impressed by this ministry, this young adult ministry. Um, you guys do an awesome job um, of reaching so many people, um, of bringing people closer to the Lord, helping people grow in their faith. Um, so we have a beautiful day planned for you. Beautiful day. Um, we have some awesome speakers coming in. Not me, but later on we have some awesome speakers. Father Branson Hips coming. Um, some people from Holy Family. I can't even remember who else, but. Awesome speaker, good time for adoration and confession. We're going to have mass later today, time for community. And so let's let's lean into this joyful occasion and let's not let the devil steal our peace. Okay, so here's the other audible I feel like I'm, I might call here. So what about, you can say no if you want, music people. But since we just kind of all got started here, I feel like we're just kind of rushing into this keynote. Would we be opposed music ministry? Just maybe start with like one song? Yay? Nay? It doesn't have to be all you guys coming down here. Um, what do you think? Yeah? Okay, just one song. Let's just kind of get the, let's set the tone. Let's sing a, a joyful song of praise. And then we can move into this. I like to call audibles sometimes. Trying to be docile to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I like it. Alright, so they're going to come down here. Um, I don't know, I didn't think about what I was going to say while they come down and get set up, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, maybe just do a brief introduction of myself. I feel like I see a lot of familiar faces in here, but some are new, so I would just, uh, do you guys need this thing, or can I use this? Good? Alright, then I'd be all you guys. Just, you know, let's kick it off. Get some music. Get some joy flowing through here. Let's wake up. The coffee thing was broken, so uh, yeah. Give it time for the caffeine to kick in. So yeah, I, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Father Joe Wagner. I'm a parochial vicar. I just he's an assistant priest here at Cathedral. I was ordained a little over a year ago. Um, I grew up here in Woodstock, born and raised in Kennesaw State. Um, worked in Midtown. I was a CPA for many years until the Lord just kept calling and calling and calling, and I couldn't run away from the calling anymore. And I said yes, and now there's nothing else really doing. Absolutely beautiful life. I love being a priest. It's the greatest gift God has ever given to me. For all that wrestling and trying to run away, 
This is the best thing ever. I love it. It's such a beautiful life. Um, and so I'm, I'm here. I've been here over a year, and I, this parish is awesome. We have everything going on here. It's a very vibrant community. I'm so just trying to find ways to get people plugged in and connected, and this is a one way we do that. So, what are we thinking? We good? Let's jam. Go ahead. Hey, everyone. Um, like everyone said, we really appreciate you all being out here. Um, thanks, Father, for that last second off. Good old song. With Riz and worship, if you guys have ever come to our old three hours here, which are always the first Friday of each month, which we love and allows us a chance to add duration. Um, a lot of people worship in different ways. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can sing along, you can have that time to be prepared for a There's no right way. I think we always think that there is and there's not. Same with prayer, so. Stand if you want to sit.
69% of Americans said they're not truly happy. They're unhappy. 69% of Americans, they're not happy. I think we, we all kind of know that there's a lot of people are saying there's a mental health crisis going on. And what people are calling the new great depression. So again, why is this guy starting a retreat called Chew to Joy with all these depressing statistics? Well, I don't know. You kind of came for an uplifting message. Um, you think that Joe Osteen's going to be up here preaching the prosperity gospel? <laughs> Sorry, we're screwed, guys. We're screwed. <laughs> the stats are alarming, though, right? I'm sure a lot of us sitting right here have experienced these same things. So I want to like, reverence that. Reverence that. There's a lot that's been going on in the last few years in our world. Um, that point to these statistics. So a lot of us in here probably have experienced some kind of anxiety or depression. Okay? So I start with that, but then it's like, hey, like how does that match up with our faith? How does that match up with like what we believe? What does um last week on Sunday Mass, the second reading, we're reading from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. What does St. Paul say about anxiety? Remember, remember what he said last week? Anyone? Yeah. He said basically, have no anxiety at all. Really, Paul? Have no anxiety at all. He said, don't worry about anything. Like, what? How how does that even work? Especially with everything that we're going through. Have no anxiety at all, he says. And before that, I think it's right before or right after that, he says, right before that, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again. Rejoice. That's what he says. And he continues to say, Have no anxiety at all. Have no anxiety at all. And this is an imperative. This rejoice he uses in the Greek is an imperative. Like, rejoice. Not just sometimes, not just like when things are going good, when it's a beautiful day outside, or like you're successful, or your relationships are going good. He says, no, rejoice always. It's an imperative. It's an imperative. How do we do this? How do we have no anxiety at all? How can we rejoice always when, yeah, a lot of the times we experience consolation and joy, but like what about when you lose your job, or like a relationship ends, or there's a terrible sickness, or the death in your family, or you're just like, what are you doing in my life, God? Like, I really think that I should be going this way, and just won't let it happen. Like, how can we rejoice in all of that? How can we have no anxiety at all in all of that stuff? And Paul says it, though, rejoice always, imperatively. Rejoice always. Okay? And just to, to make sure we know that this isn't like a superficial thing, like, ah, you know what, cheer up, don't worry. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, you just lost your job, but hey, it's okay, just cheer up. I know that uh, your mother's got cancer, but hey, don't worry, cheer up, it's going to be okay. It's not a superficial thing St. Paul is saying. So let's think about the context he's writing this from. He's writing the letter to the Philippians, but he's in prison at this time, probably in Rome, so scholars say somewhere else. He's in prison. Like, terrible conditions. This is a guy, if you've read 
the New Testament, um, especially the Acts of the Apostles or any of Paul's letters, this guy, after he had this massive conversion, it wasn't an easy life. This guy's traveling all over trying to bring the gospel. He gets shipwrecked. He gets beat. He gets almost killed on several occasions because he's preaching the gospel. People don't like what they're hearing. He's gone through it all. So he's not just like, hey guys, come on, just cheer up. But there's something deeper here. There's something deeper here. He's got a shipwreck, wrecked, he's in prison, he's been beat, but he's still saying, have no anxiety at all. He's still saying, rejoice. But it's not superficial. I remember, it was actually, I think like a month after I got, I think it was the first week that I started here last year. It was July 4th, that's what it was. It was July 4th. And uh, we covered Piedmont Hospital, like for all the emergency calls. We get it through to our phone. And so it was July 4th, we actually had a bunch of free sober, my senior Mac and me, had a little July 4th thing. We were just hanging out, having a good old time, and my phone buzzed. I think it was the first emergency call I got. I had to go down to Piedmont. And it was this 50-year-old man that dropped dead of a heart attack. They were getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July. He had a teenage daughter and his wife were there. He had two older sons. And I walk into this hospital room. And he'd already passed, so I said the prayers were after someone passes away to try to give them some kind of peace and consolation. And in those moments, like, there's really, like, you can't just, like, explain it away. You just have to kind of, like, sit and reverence the silence. Um, and so I just waited and waited. I, I shared some words of consolation. But then, long story short, this chaplain that was there, he was a nice, really nice guy, a really nice guy. But he, as it was kind of coming to a close, he was trying to, like, Help them out, and he's, he said something like this. He goes, ah, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry, but you know, a lot of people have to sit and watch their loved ones just kind of suffer and suffer for years and years and just kind of watch them like deteriorate. Um, so, you know, it's not that bad. At least you don't have to go through that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, All right, hey, thanks for your help. I'm going to well, take care of that. Just thanks and good. You're nice enough, guy. I was just like, what? Like, what are you saying? And he was kind of doing this thing that we're talking about. It's not superficial. He's not like, hey, he was trying to be nice, but he was like, hey, cheer up. It's okay. At least you didn't have to watch your loved one. At least he dropped out of a heart attack. At least you didn't have to watch him suffer for 10 years. He didn't say it like that, but I was like, oh, oh. And so, yes, this is this is not some superficial presentation that Paul is giving us, right? And so this joy that we're talking about, is going to rejoice always, is not just a feeling. It's not just a feeling that can change from day to day or throughout the day. Think about all the feelings that we have during one day. A lot, right? It's not just a feeling. And so we're trying to get at more of like a disposition, like an interior disposition, not something that changes with the wind, with the, all the different circumstances of our day. So it's not just a feeling. Joy is, in a sense, it's cognitive. It's not just a feeling, it's cognitive. It's about how we see the world. It's about how we see the world. And so, that's a good question to kind of ponder. How do we see the world? How do we see the world? Do we see that um, God is holding the world in his hand and he's in complete control? Or do we see the world 
crashing and burning chaotically with everything going on, with all the stats we presented, with the war going on, with even like in our own church. It's like, oh my gosh, why are we telling people that? But do we see God in control, holding the world in his hand, or do we see the world crashing and burning? So joy is not just a feeling. It's a disposition. It's cognitive. It's how we perceive the world. It's how we see the world. And so the name of this retreat, choose joy. Choose joy. Implies that joy is a choice. It's a choice. Just like love is a choice. I think um, this quote, I love this quote. We can either chase the feeling, all these changing feelings, we can chase these feelings, or we can choose the reality. We can either chase the feeling or choose the reality. Uh, I think it's a quote from, um, probably Father Mike Schmitz, one of the, the prophets of our day. Um, <laughs> he's, he is, he is, I really think he is. He's a, he's a wise sage. He's either him or another another one of the prophets of our day, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I got one of them, Father Mike Schmitz or Matthew McConaughey. But it's a choice. We can either chase the feeling or choose the reality. And I think so often we get caught up in like chasing the feeling. It's normal as human beings. Um, like we were chasing happiness. Happiness is like, okay, oh, I just I just want to I just want to be happy. And that's good, that's a good desire. I want to be happy. But sometimes we waste all of our time chasing that, thinking that, oh, this will make me happy. And then when we get there, it's like, eh. oh, this will make me happy. It's like, oh, so happy. Oh, this will make me happy. We do this all the time. Just the other day, uh, it's been a very busy weeks for me in a good way like i'm just trying to keep up with the holy spirit there's a lot of beautiful things going on around here so i'm like okay what do you want me to pay attention to and so i was just kind of like feeling a little tired and uh it was what's the day saturday it was wednesday i was like oh man i just the end of this day i just got to get through all this stuff and like oh man i just can't wait to relax and then i'm gonna be okay it's gonna be all good so i was just kind of grinding through this day and i was like oh man I just got to get to the end of the day then i can relax it's gonna be good i'm really looking forward to the end of the day um, and so got done with the day, I got home, um, had a nice meal, and I was really looking forward to, you know, sitting down and enjoying the Braves game, right? Wednesday night, made some popcorn, went up to my room, just kind of relaxing, just watching the Braves game, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, this sucks. I was looking forward to this, and it let us down. Let us down. Anyway, that's a very cheap analogy for that. But we, we can relate, right? We're always kind of like chasing, like, oh man, right? just once I get through this, once I get through this, right? Um, but that's not what our Lord wants. He doesn't want us to keep chasing it. It's, it's a disposition, there's an interior disposition. And so let's just keep sticking with St. Paul, the Philippians. Um, so last week he said that rejoice in everything, have no anxiety at all. And, Providentially, I think our readings for tomorrow, which we're going to celebrate that tonight, very providentially match up with this theme of choose joy. So uh, we're going to kind of hone in as we finish here this morning on St. Paul's second uh, his letter to the Philippians. And then when I preached it last tonight, I'm going to focus on the first reading and the gospel. Okay, So this morning as we finish up, we're going to be focusing more on like interiorly. Like personally, I would say, like how do we like kind of find this joy and choose this joy and really like lean into this. And then I plan this uh, during mass for the homily is going to be like, okay, like, well, how do I, how do I carry this joy to 
others. It's not just for myself, but how do I live this joy and let, and let my joy be a testimony to Jesus Christ. So this is going to be, this, this morning we're a little bit more interior, give you some stuff to pray with, uh, and kind of chew on some things within this evening. It's like, how, do I, how am I living this outward um, as a testimony? Okay, so St. Paul continues, and he says that, I've learned the secret. I have found the secret in all things, in all circumstances, I have found the secret. This is our inner second reading, we'll go through next. He says, I found the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and being in need. I found the secret of how to deal with everything in every single circumstance. I have found the secret. So again, how can Paul be joyful? He's in prison. He's been beat up, almost killed so many times. But he's like, hey, I think I found the secret in all of this. And living in, in poverty and living in abundance and being beat up and people, you know, receiving the gospel message and being sick and being healthy, I think I have found the secret. And he continues, and this is one of the most famous scripture lines. We see a lot of like football players, players put it under their drive, like Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Depending on the translation, it says something like, I have the strength for everything. No matter what, I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. I have the strength for everything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me everything I need in every single circumstance. So Paul's not worried about the circumstances changing because he knows he has met the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has come to know this deep truth. He's experienced every circumstance there is. And he's saying, have no anxiety at all, because Jesus Christ does not change. Jesus Christ does not change. Paul's not saying, like, don't be concerned or don't care about anything. He's definitely not saying that. We can be concerned about things. We can care about things. Relationships and our family. And we can, we can care about these things. We can be concerned about them. He says, don't have anxiety. Don't worry about them. Because Jesus Christ is in control. He's the same yesterday, today, today, and forever. I can do anything. Because he's given me the strength. And no matter what circumstance he has thrown before me, he has given me what I need. He's given me what I need. I have found the secret. I have found the secret. Complete trust in Jesus Christ. It's pretty simple, right? We know the answer, like placing our complete trust in Jesus, but it's hard to live out. I found the secret. I'll talk about this a little bit later on, but G.K. Chesterton, he said that joy, what we're talking about today, joy is the gigantic secret of Christians. It's a big secret. He says it kind of in a uh, kind of an ironic, cynical way, saying that like you wouldn't know it, you wouldn't know it. It's kind of a secret. That's actually like a gigantic secret. We don't actually live joyfully like we should. Um, and so people, I'll talk about this later, but he kind of poses the question: Why? It's a big secret. Should it be a secret? It shouldn't be a secret. But the reality is that Paul says, I found the secret. I know how to live in every circumstance because Christ gives me everything. He's unchanging. He's unchanging. So the big secret is that like, you can trust God. 
this goes back to like how we perceive the world. It's not about these changing feelings, it's about like cognition, it's about how we see the world. And so we can trust God. Hopefully, we need to keep like praying that we, we can see God in control of everything. Everything. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it comes through deep prayer. Do we see God holding the world in his hands in complete control, or do we see it out of control? So Paul is trying to get to us and like, convince us that like you can trust God. I've seen a lot of different stuff, a lot of different circumstances. Like we, we talked about he's been beat up, he's in prison, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and he's just still zealous to bring the gospel message to everything. And he's like, I promise you guys, you can trust God. You can trust God. There's this um, there's this song, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the origination of it, but it talks about no storm can shake my inmost calm. While to that rock I'm clinging. Their brain is like, how can I keep from singing? So, no matter what, no matter what storm, no matter what circumstance in your life, nothing can shake that inward disposition. On the surface, things might be crazy, but like there's no storm that can shake that inner calm, that inner peace, that inner joy. If we are clinging to the rock of Jesus Christ, if we are clinging to the rock of Jesus Christ, so I'll end with this. I'll give you a meditation. If you've been to confession with me, I've probably probably given this to you as a penance. But this is a good this is a good meditation with Saint Peter, our beloved Saint Peter. So many good things to pray with Peter in Scripture. But Matthew fourteen, Matthew fourteen starts with verse twenty-two. You guys have heard this before, most likely. It's the storm at the sea. Jesus is with his apostles, and he goes, "All right, you guys go back across the sea. I'm going to go pray for a little bit. I'll meet you over there." And they go in the boat. There's a huge storm on the sea, and they start freaking out, and then they think they see a ghost, and they're like, oh no, that's Jesus. And Peter's like, hey, if that's you, Jesus, like, actually, call me out there. Call me out there. And Jesus is like, all right, come on out here. Go ahead. And Peter literally begins to walk on water. Peter walked on water. That's crazy. Yeah, come on out here. Come on out here. So Peter begins to walk out there. All right, cool. He keeps his eyes on Jesus, and he starts walking on water. But then what happens? He kind of sees the storm and the winds and the waves kicking up, and he's like, uh, oh, uh, oh, and then he lets it consume him. He takes his eyes off of Jesus Christ, and he sinks. That dude. But, but, we know that Jesus immediately reaches down and clasps his arms and brings him up. And so this is something very good to pray with, right? Inevitably, there's going to be storms and concerns and doubts and terrible things that happen in our life. We can pay attention to them. We can definitely pay attention to them. We can't let them consume us. We have to make sure our eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ. No storm can shake my inmost calm. If I'm clinging to Jesus Christ, if I'm keeping my gaze fixed on Jesus Christ, who is unchanging, he has everything in control. So let's focus on that this morning. Yes, there's a lot going on in our worlds. Yes. We acknowledge that we're not Pollyannish. We're not like, oh, it's okay, cheer up. Like a, a chaplain at Piedmont, it's okay. At least it, this didn't happen. No, we have to reverence it. It's real. We have to reverence it and acknowledge it, but we can't let it consume us. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. So let's focus on that this morning. If you get time at some point today during the Holy Hour, pray with that. Matthew 14, verse 22. Focus on keeping your gaze fixed on Jesus Christ amidst all the turmoil in this world.
That's how we choose joy. It's not a fleeting feeling. We place our trust, that inward disposition, in Jesus Christ. All right. We'll close up there, and we will continue with the day. And uh, I'll be around most of the day, so I look forward to hanging out with you guys throughout the day. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Father Joe. Um, hope you guys got some good notes. We are going to start our breakout sessions. So one is going to be right here. If you're interested in learning more about choosing joy in your career, um, Joy Martinick, whoever you saw her crap, um, will be um, talking a lot about that. I would learn a lot of good stuff. The second breakout session occurring at the same time will be occurring where breakfast was. And this will be uh, near Shaughnessy's. Um, a great couple who actually used to work here at CPK and we'll be discussing how to choose joy in your vocation and while you're discerning your vocation. Both are going to be great talks. Um, it's important to note, Paul, look at your schedule there. Um, we will be going directly to small groups after that for you guys to discuss and learn from each other. So once you dismiss from your breakout sessions, go into the hallway, those small group leaders with the signs, hold them up high, okay? Um, and find your small groups, get together, and find a spot here in Highland Center. Um, and, I, and our volunteers will be there to help organize that as well. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So go ahead and choose a breakout session.